Welcome to Now for Someone Completely Interesting. I'm your host, Ben Pooland. Since I began this podcast, I've had friends, acquaintances, former co-workers, and people I've met for the first time join me. Now, this episode features yet another milestone. It is the first family member. That's right. For the first time here on the show, I've got a relative. Now, I have many relatives who are undoubtedly completely interesting. I do come from a big family, so it was kind of a difficult for me to decide who would be the first. As it turns out, it's the one who invites you over first. <laughs> but seriously, I asked my cousin, Christine Burgett, to join me for many reasons, one of which is her caring, generous nature that has led to a project called Pastures of Promise, and we will get to that later on, but first... I want to thank you for accepting my invitation to join me on the show and then inviting me over to this place that's very familiar to me. It's the family farm that you grew up in. So I'm actually going to start um, with that. We're somewhere between Radway and Redwater. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, But this is the farm you grew up on and now it's your farm. But let's start there. What was it like growing up on this farm? Because it had a little bit of everything. Yeah, back in the day, this farm had cows and ducks and chickens, and we had everything that you could uh, imagine for animals out here. We had sheep, we had a llama at one time. I, I can't even remember all of the different things. Lots of cats, lots of dogs, all kinds of critters. Everything yeah. was out here. I, re- I remember mostly the horses. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> the, it was your sister's horse, I remember the Scout. most. Scout. Everybody remembers yeah, that the horse. Big white horse. But he was a nice horse. Every, was, yeah, easy to ride and everything dumb. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a big, dumb horse. Yeah, everybody loved the big, dumb horse. <laughs> Why not, right? Um, another thing growing up, your your brother Brian is one of the funnest people I've ever uh, come across <laughs> in my crazy. life. Yeah, crazy to say the least. He always had a fine collection of, uh, of old cars yeah. that were still in running condition. Yeah but not roadworthy. So what else are you going to do with those things? Right, exactly. So then he would rip the car hood off and then we'd <laughs> stick it with a rope bonnet and take the truck out to the back 40 and we'd drive as fast as we can while kids would hang off the back and hope to God they didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. It was but but before the hood got ripped off, there was demo derbies too. Oh, with... 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and, and mud bogging. So we had to see, we always had every year like a runoff on the creek. Right. So we'd have to see how how fast you could go before you get stuck. And then we bring out the tractor right. <laughs> to pull you right out. So your family, let's let's kind of explain a little bit. The, the dynamic of it has some twists and turns. Not really twists and turns, but it changed. Um, you grew up, you're third of four kids. Right. The right. Child. The sort of middle child, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got, uh, who's the oldest? Brian's the oldest, so your brother's the oldest, then your sister Tammy, and then it's you, and then it's your younger sister Connie. So you guys grew up, you have this uh, this experience growing up on the farm, and um, sometime after you guys all left, your parents decided that they weren't done helping to raise kids, so they got into foster care. Well, we we hadn't all left. Okay, so... Yeah, so they started into foster care when I was about... 15, 16. Okay. Okay. And so being of that age, then mom and dad, um, it was 
it was just a, it, for one it was another way to have an income but it was also another way to extend our family mm -hmm. and uh, mom and dad were very caring people who wanted to help out a lot right right so then they so they opened their home up to fostering mm -hmm. what went through your mind when that happened i hated okay <laughs> i absolutely hated it i wanted nobody extra in my house i already had to split up my parents between other siblings and and now even more and then i had to share a room like i remember when i was growing up there was my two sisters and me in one room and it's a tiny room and mm -hmm. then my brother got the big room by himself right so then over time you know tammy finally got the closet because <laughs> that was the next room that we could so then connie and i would share a room and then that was great but then we had to expand the house a little bit and then we got more space well now we're filling it back up with kids so now we're getting less space and less less time with mom and dad and all these kids and connie was excited she was like yeah, get new siblings and people to play with. And I was like, oh, I get more people to fight with. <laughs> like, I always felt like there was always this dynamic where, you know, they would come in and take everything away. Was I a little off when I said you were a caring, giving person? <laughs> <laughs> I know, but, but I changed over the years. I mean, that was when I was like mm -hmm. 15, 16, like prime time when you want your parents around for you. Was there something... For me. <laughs> Was, was there a moment where you saw one of these kids come in and you, you saw truly saw the benefit of them coming into this home that, that kind of sticks out? Is there yeah, a moment? Or... <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I moved out and I, um, and I got married and um, a few of the kids that came through like really stick out. Tracy was one of those. Um, she moved in with me and mm -hmm. became a roommate. Um, in Redwater, and we, um, and she's still part of our family. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then on top of that, we had um, Terry and Kristen and Matt, and they moved in. And they were just they fit our family so well, and they've always been part of our family. And ever since they moved in, I felt like I fit in right. <laughs> to my family. And that sounds so weird, but mm -hmm. um, there's they they're more like me, and I'm more like them than I was about Brian and Tammy and Bonnie. Right. So it was nice. It was like I finally had a full family again. Right. Like I missed that part. So. So even though I was upset about having all these other kids, we find I I found my family mm -hmm. through them. So. Um, how many kids do you think over the years your parents took in? Uh, over a hundred. Well, over a hundred. Yeah. So, and I know, like you said, there was there's there's some lifelong friendships that have developed. Yeah. Um, there's lifelong siblings that developed. We'll, we'll touch on that a bit. You've already mentioned some names, but um, there wasn't always the best scenarios coming out of this. There was there was a time while your mom had a brand new car that got written off. Yeah, and we're still, by the way, we still have contact with that, that foster boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's still friends, actually, and we still do care about him. And, uh, and right. That, but he had... Um, decided he wanted to take mom's car for a little joyride and take his butt his friend that came over um and so he took the keys and her new car and within i don't know a mile down the road rolled the car and totaled it but that's something that any 
one of you could have done. True, and because he lived here, then it was like, well, he didn't steal the car. Right. Therefore, he lived here, and so, yeah, it was a little bit of a hardship because first time mom ever bought a new car and mm -hmm. worked really hard to get one, and then now it's just taken all away. Mm -hmm and uh, not covered in insurance because right. this is this was a family member in our home right. so there was you know it was tension felt for sure right that. another tough scenario i remember talking to your dad about it once years and years ago i mean they were still involved in foster care but i had noticed there a lot of the the kids that came in were older kids usually in into their teenage years it didn't start out that way why did they gravitate I, I don't know if you you can talk about that or not but I, I know what your dad had told me but if if you can enlighten us a little bit actually it started off with teenagers okay surprisingly we had uh teenagers through that dad got along better with teens right and so and since dad was the primary um stay-at-home dad to deal with them um it was easier on him and he was primarily it was boys that he dealt with because he felt like the harder like he was a little bit tougher, but mm -hmm. these boys really needed that. Um, right. They needed that guidance. They learned how to do lots on the farm. Like they were learning how to do shingles and they were learning how to do like guy stuff. Mm -hmm. And dad was really good with that. And so, and then gradually it started getting younger and that's when it was getting a harder on mm -hmm. mom and dad. And so we came to the decision with them that maybe this isn't the best idea to have the younger kids and mom and dad agreed that it was kind of coming, uh, interrupting family time and um, with everybody else. And, and also it was getting hard on mom and dad because it was not their niche. Like dad right. wasn't getting along with the younger ones because they didn't listen as well. Mm -hmm. and, and the rules changed in fostering with what was allowed for uh, so if you got in trouble with something, it wasn't just the general, like, go to your room or, or whatever, or go run down the driveway and wear off that steam, what you right. could do with a teenager now, you, that's abusive and right. you can't do that. And it just got difficult. Mm -hmm. So it was just better just to get out of it at that point. I remember your dad telling me once there was an episode where there, there was a young, a younger child that they had, very young, I want to say preschool almost I but your family have be, become quite attached with this this one kid but then the the court system decided well they they're going to go back to their family but I remember your dad relating to me and your sister Tammy as well that the kid was going back to a situation they knew was not healthy yeah. and that that had a, an emotional drain on that do you recall that oh yeah you know the thing is is that um, when you see a situation and you know that it's only going to be a hardship on them and you've now grown a love and pat, like you, you've taken them into your home and, and almost like adopted them in a sense without adopting mm -hmm. and, as being part of your family. And then now they're just being ripped and put into a really unhealthy situation, but there's nothing you can do about right. that. Just breaks your heart yeah like there's, and of course like in the system and being so young it's not like you can reach out to them you have to wait and see if they'll ever reach yeah. out to you so you don't have that even are they okay yeah Did they make it you know? and i think that's where your dad said to dealing with the the teenagers if if one of those kids were going back into a situation 
he always said, well, they were, they were tougher kids, right? So they were, he said, I always felt they could to some degree stand up for themselves and he, he didn't worry about them as much. And maybe they instilled a little bit more confidence in them as well too. So yeah, I just, that always stuck out with me. That conversation was like, well, that's kind of set me that I'm pretty sure I would never get into foster care simply for that reason. Right. But, um, I wouldn't want to take in babies. That's what I would think. I think if I started having a, like having babies come and, you know, when, and you're taking care of them, you grow an attachment super yeah. quick and yeah. then they're, and then they're going to be put back into homes where you know that it's not the best situation right. and you had a better home, but there's, it's not, you mm-hmm. can't adopt them. That would break my heart. Yeah. There's no way. So eventually your parents, uh, so they retired from, from the foster care after what was it like 20 years? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they're still out on the farm here. They, they've raised you on the farm. They've raised over a hundred other foster kids here on the farm. Um, yeah, you said you moved out, had roommates, you got married, Mm -hmm. you started a family of your own. You were living in Redwater, I believe. Um, but as your parents got older, uh, it's a lot of work raising kids. The farm started slowly losing some of the uh, the vibration, the life mm-hmm. of the farm itself that that we knew gr- growing up. Right, it became but, a money pit. Right. Let's just okay. say what it is. All right. It became a Try, money pit. Trying to be nice. The buildings <laughs> were falling into disrepair. Di- disrepair. The yeah. animals were gone, and yeah. your parents didn't have the the youth that they had to. Right. To, to be able to put that work in. So the opportunity came up for you and your husband at the time to take over yeah, the farm. we were young and we were ambitious and we wanted more space. And we thought, what a great opportunity. Just, we were looking at acreages and that mm-hmm. we weren't finding anything that was, you know, within a good price range. And then I said, well, maybe we should see if mom and dad will swap houses. Right. And so we checked into it to see value-wise if it would work out. And the banks agreed that it was okay. And mom and dad thought, you know what, it'd be easier. Dad liked to ride his bike. And so Mm -hmm. this way he could leave um, instead of driving gravel road with his bike or parking it at my place in Redwater as he was already. Then he could just drive out the back and go. He was a baker, so he was uh, driving at that time to Fort Saskatchewan right. to, to do baking and this way he could ride his bike to work and mm-hmm. stuff. So, so we you mean a motorbike though? A I don't, motorbike. I don't think I've ever seen pedal. your dad on a pedal bike. <laughs> no, no, my, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just a motorbike. So, right. so yeah, we did a house swap. So we, we moved out to the farm and mom and dad moved into Redwater with our house. How did that feel coming back to where you grew up, but now this is you're the one in charge of this house you're not living under someone else's roof this is your roof now is that a little bit surreal that you're in the same place well i think it was more surreal for mom and dad to have us out here and right. then first thing i do because that's what i do is i like renovations <laughs> so i was tearing it apart and redoing things and that i think is hard to watch mm-hmm. when you know that that was your family home for right. how many years and so we've been on the farm. The family farm has been now in the family for 44 years. Wow. 
yeah. And it's it it wasn't to something your parents just started. This was an old farm to begin with when they yeah. when they when they got into it. That was back in would be the 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 seventies, right? 70s, so yeah. yeah. So the house is here. It's about a hundred years old that we're sitting in. Yeah, it was built in nineteen nineteen. Wow. And it's still standing. It's yeah. crooked, but it's standing. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in this house is crooked. But there's a lean here and there's a lean there, but it's standing, it's sturdy. If you wash the floor, the water will roll. <laughs> 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 so. but, well, but it's uh it's lived in, it's been loved in and um and it's still got value in the sense of like it feels home right it feels like home. but you guys put a lot into it and you've you've brought this farm back to life like we we did the walk around we've talked here yeah the the house has had some renovations it's it's got your personal stamp but some of the res renovations were absolutely necessary uh, which is why the house is still standing let's let's face it but <laughs> outside like uh a lot of those uh those old beater cars aren't sitting out in the back 40 anymore no, a lot of those lot of yeah a lot of those uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of those old decrepit shacks have been been removed or or at least fixed up a little bit and and the animal life has come back like we did a tour like I can't believe what's out here let's start what what's the we got goats oh yeah we got 38 goats okay we've got a couple of donkeys now that yeah. are new to the mix we've got I saw some pod belly pigs yeah ducks yeah chickens mm -hmm. lots of chickens lots of chickens Different kinds. some 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 that uh, and some that tap into our our uh, our heritage yeah, Polish hens. <laughs> gotta have some Polish hens in there absolutely <laughs> which is great and then even even your younger daughter too has her own uh, rabbit operation yeah so a little dandy rabbitry and uh, it's uh, English lots. Yeah, and all those cute rabbits, and we're not allowed to touch them. Nope, don't touch them. So just just for you any. Can go yeah. on our website and look them up, but don't touch don't, them don't. unless you buy them. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying something? Three hundred bucks a pop? Yeah. They, wow. Between yeah, I think it's between two hundred and three hundred dollars. Fantastic. Them. And she's yeah, she's really worked hard yeah. to get that. Good little entrepreneurial uh, business and niche. Yeah. So. But it leads me to something else here, and that I alluded to at the beginning. So you've you've got this this great parcel of of land here that you're on. This basically it's it's kind of like a hobby farm. I mean, you work a full time job and then you come back and you're you're dealing with the, the goats and everything like that. But something developed over the years that came to fruition here last year. Now it it hasn't panned out the way you want it, but I want to talk about it anyways because the idea behind it is fantastic, and it's something I think people need to know about if they can help out or if they can take the initiative themselves to do something like that. And we call, you call it pastures of promise. So yes. talk a little bit about how this came about for you here and what it, what it exactly is. So the name pastures of promise um, came about as an idea that um, so back in the day when mom and dad owned the property, they actually had a rainbow. Uh, they, they, they named it rainbow's end with the farm name. Um, we started looking into seeing if that's something that my sister Tammy and I, if that was something that we could name this, this thing that we were going to do. And I'll explain it a little bit, but, um, Rainbow's End was already taken. And so then we started thinking about like the ideas of it and what we feel is, or what, um, I feel is that God has really been part of my life through my whole growing up years. Um, and and well, through even now, um, but I feel like God has given us so much, um, so much, and it's really important for us to give back, be a good steward to what he has given us. 
And so part of that was to, um, in, in this regard, we felt like there, when my sister town had this vision of giving back fresh produce and creating a garden that we could give to the needy, some, uh, whether it be food bank or wherever it would go. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so a few years ago, we had thought about doing that and we were on the mission of doing it. We went and took course to see how to have like fresh, good gardens and set up a program or do something like that. But then things kind of like went to the wayside for me. I, I ended up um, separating from my husband mm -hmm. and, and leaving the farm. So that, that whole idea just kind of skipped away for a short time. I ended up coming back to the farm over um, the course of, uh, say, three years ago. And um, during COVID last year, I felt this really heavy draw to, to really drop closer to God and listen to what he had to say. And in the beginning, he had said, like, um, this is what I would like you to do with this garden. And, and um, then all of a sudden, um, my daughter's boyfriend had been in uh, IGA and one of his co-workers said, hey, I have a box full of seeds. Ask if your family or your daughter's, or sorry, your girlfriend's family wants the seeds. And I said, uh, he came and said, do you want these seeds? And I thought, oh, I'm thinking like a small little box. Mm -hmm. And so I said, sure, of course I'll take them. Yeah, I, I've not, I haven't had a garden. Maybe I'll do one. And when he came in with this giant, I'm talking like, um, I would say like an apple's box, like an apple right. box full of seeds. And it was all garden seeds and sun, and flowers. And I just thought to myself, right then and there like it just brought back all the memories of like how many years ago that my sister Tammy and I were thinking about like creating a garden to give back and it just my my heart and my head went into okay I I get it this is what I need to do all right here we go and so then we started just looking for like material and stuff mm -hmm. to be able to create this garden and so I decided raised beds were going to work so I called up my neighbors. They had this like mill and they had all this extra lumber and stuff. So I said, Hey, do you mind if I take the scraps that you got? And they said, no, go ahead. So I loaded up a truckload or two and brought them back and built these boxes. And, and then I bought some soil and, and created this, um, these raised beds for gardens and, and then I named it Pastures of Promise because I feel like God's promises, like in the rainbow, he promised never to flood the earth again. And mm -hmm. so I felt like this was God's promise to us. If we give back and be good stewards, he's going to give back to us in full return with whatever. And so I felt like if I could do that, then I could, um, you know, give, if I can give, then he'll mm -hmm. give back to me as well. And so that's where it all stemmed. And I created a garden within that year um, and then donated it all. Everything I grew, I donated it all to the local food bank. Excellent. Now we, we had a look at it. Um, it. It seems like a big undertaking, but really like when you, when you break it down, the simplicity of it, like it, it, it was a minimal cost to set up. Um, it, it hasn't quite panned out, and I don't know if it's because of the way things progressed with restrictions during COVID or whatever like that, but this now going into your second year, 
there hasn't been the donations with the seeds or anything like that. You did invest not only your time, but but money. You, you had said something like about 260 bucks to, to get the soil yeah. that you needed for it, um, which isn't uh, a big expense by any means. Like we said, 260 bucks, that's a week's worth of groceries for a small right. family nowadays. But look at how, how this, this could help out. Um, but I think the idea there to to keep pushing with it and, and trying to get that going, I'm I'm really impressed with it. It's just a it's a simple idea that I think can will do a lot in the long run. And what do we calculate? There's less than 200 square feet of garden space. Yeah, so about 160 yeah. square feet that we created. Yeah. So 160 square feet of garden, and we what did we figure in in just two packs? Of, so a pack of seeds is about two dollars and fifty cents. For a yeah. pack of seeds, yeah, and just two packs of seeds, you should get about a yield of almost what did we? Say? We're estimating sixty pounds 60 of carrots. Pounds of carrots out of five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. That so can... how easy is that to help with? Exactly. With with the world. So this is when when people are talking about change the world and, and do all these things, and we we have these big grand ideas, but really it's it's just the simplest thing, and that's what I really wanted to illustrate is how impactful this actually is because. Let's say, well, maybe we don't get the donations for you or 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 the help to, to get this this off the ground the way you had originally envisioned it. But maybe someone's listening to this thing, well, I can do that. Right. Exactly. And help out. And there, there's lots of whether it be the food bank, there's soup kitchens, there's all kinds of ways that 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 this can go to help. So thank you so much for bringing that up and explaining that to us. And and like I said, let's simplify it. We're talking about 160 square feet of garden space. Right. That could probably be feed an entire family for a full winter season oh, definitely. with with the yield, like the potatoes, the all of that stuff like that can be processed. So um, pastures of promise, you guys have a Facebook page. Yes. Um, so we're going to post a link to that as well with this so that people can find out a little bit more, maybe actually get a visual of what it is because you do have pictures posted that process of building it all like that and and there is a way that people can uh, can contact you through the Facebook page to uh, if, if they want to help out or have some suggestions like as to where some of that food can can help out as well so um that was a big part of why i want to bring you on and why i said uh, to, uh, caring generous you're always thinking of other people and you've always been like that i yeah even though i say that about the foster kids <laughs> i still really like them <laughs> But you know, when you're a teenager with a teenager. Yes. And you know what I forgot to, but one of the best things that happened through the foster care system, you mentioned uh, a family there that you had and that your parents ended up adopting. So they are really, truly your family there. And that's it. Yeah. So shout out to Kristen and Terry there that were adopted by you guys. And I literally like, it's been so long now. I don't remember you guys not having them in your family. Exactly. So it's, and I mean, I was, they've always been there. I was in my late teens when they, when they were adopted or virtually the same age but like yeah so it's 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 uh what happened with that was yeah another it's it's like it was meant to be the foster parents just so you could find those two to complete the family exactly and like you said i think you're right you're more like them than they are than you're like you no we love them just as much just just in different ways uh this is my cousin christine Brigat. thank you so much for joining me my first relative to come on someone completely Thanks, interesting no i and i'm proud to call you a family member because of just yeah everything you do and so um Thank you so much for that. So yeah, check us out, uh, Pastures of Promise. And um, something different we're going to do now with the podcast, a suggestion that was made to us by my friend Corey is, I would be interested to know 
when you bring on someone completely interesting, who do they think would be completely interesting on the podcast? And I'm not saying we'd be able to bring someone on, but who would you think would be a good uh, fit for this show here? Do you have an idea? I definitely have two ideas. Okay, let's let's hear them and maybe okay. we can get them on. So, and actually it's a couple that's an amazing couple, but they both have completely different things that are amazing about them. And one is Song, her name is Song. Okay. And, uh, and some of the discoveries that she's made through her photographs. Okay. And then the other one is Paul, and he is uh, part of the military and the ceremonial uh, Strathcona um, Mount Troop. Awesome. The sergeant. So I think that both of them are just amazing people. Interesting teaser enough. So let's uh, find out more. You can uh, get in touch with them, explain the situation here. And if we can have them on the podcast, I would appreciate that. And I'm sure our listeners would greatly appreciate that. Christine Burgett, someone completely interesting. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed the podcast, uh, please don't forget to share and like with your friends. You can find us um, on all your favorite podcast providers and through social media by searching Pool and Radio, all one word, or now for someone completely interesting.